So in this uh, session, uh, today, we'll be giving some further, or I'll be giving some further uh, clarification of the instructions on metta. And then typically starting, uh, well, starting tomorrow, we'll be having uh, each day at four some further heart practices which really complement the metta or loving-kindness practice. Uh, practices like compassion and forgiveness and joy. So, but for right now, I want to, in a way, both uh, complement and uh, clarify and, and probably repeat some the core instructions for metta, for the sitting practice. Then we'll have a period of practice together. And then uh, probably a few words then about further words about the walking practice. And then, and then some time for any questions that people might have. I think particularly people who are not in groups today. But some time for any questions that have arisen about anything related to the practice. So hopefully, by now, we each have uh, a set of uh, phrases, a metaphrase, particularly those who are newer. We each have a set of phrases which we're working with. Uh, typically, three or four. The reason we have multiple phrases is that these are all different nuances of wishing well, and some will resonate more with you than others. And it's very interesting to see, uh, for my, in my practice for quite a while, um, when, I would say, when I would say the phrase related to safety, something would just go, yes! <laughs> you know, this is very, uh, I, won't, I won't psychologize that, but, but um, it was, and you may notice something like that, that some of the phrases uh, resonate more. There's also, again, room to use uh, both the conventional phrases, some of those on the sheet, and something that can speak especially to you. you know, one of the uh, challenges of metta practice is that the practice is verbal. Our, our prim- primary technique is verbal. Uh, and so we bring in these other aspects, uh, you know, like the hand on the heart or um, the... the if, uh, visualizing the person or having the felt sense of the person and having there be a little bit of an echo or resonance, kind of a little pause after we say each phrase. Those are all intended to have the practice be more emotional and more embodied. It's, part, it's partly because we start with the practice being more verbal and it can... Uh, sometimes get dry, even when we have very wonderful practice. We have a technical term we sometimes use to describe dry metta. We call it phone book metta. (laughs) (laughs) You get the idea. (laughs) And so it can be helpful to bring in, uh, you know, if you're newer, I would recommend maybe some, you know, maybe at least two of the standard phrases and maybe some that are really evocative to you. You can have the wording be as you see fit, some people, we sometimes say, may I feel or may I be this or that. 
doesn't have to be that. You don't have to use the words may I. It can really be some people just like the simplicity of saying safe and having that have a lot of feeling. Other people, it works better to have uh, more words. You'll have to see what works for you. But you can bring in other dimensions. You can say, you know, may I be compassionate, may I be wise, or something to do with those qualities. Uh, I thought I'd share, maybe during the course of the retreat, each of us uh, teaching will we'll share the phrases which we use. I thought I would share these, and they are not uh, copyrighted. So you can take them and immediately put them to use if you wish. Uh, that's up to you. Uh, so the ones that I use are, may I rest in the awakened heart. May I be safe and free from harm. May my body support my practice. May I be as healthy as possible. And may I be held in love. And so we might, again, see maybe there are one or two that especially call to us and that we can't wait. Okay, let's, okay, let's get through that safety. Let's get through this. Let's get to that held in love. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> right, something can feel like that sometimes. So good, good by today, I think, to uh, just... <coughs> Choose the phrases uh, that you'll work with. Maybe they're not, don't feel perfect, but just choose them because a lot of the uh, benefit of metta is really with uh, what the phrases evoke. We we often say the phrases are means to an end. We're We're really going for that feeling of warmth and kindness. And the phrases are means to an end. As Heather said this morning, often when the practice gets deeper, the phrases drop partly or fully away. It's like that sometimes. It's just the feeling is there. So we're encouraging the practice uh, for today and probably for tomorrow uh, just with the self and benefactor. And if the self is really challenging, we can stay entirely with the benefactor and a little bit like touching your foot in in cold water and see how it is. You can come back to the self some, but it's fine to do the benefactor all of the time. And um, it's fine also to just stay with self uh, uh, all the time, or it could be half and half, something like that. You could really work as you see fit. Uh, as Heather was saying, the benefactor really is someone who is uh, a force for good in one's life. For, for the benefactor, and when we get to the good friend, these are beings, could be, again, can be a, a tree or, a, or a, uh, could be a pet. These are beings that are uh, forces for good in our lives. Uh, they are not, uh, th- these are not complex relationships, we might say. These are, these are ones where it's almost entirely positive. That's what we're looking for. Something that when we bring our attention to this being, something lights up inside. And again, can, you know, can be a public figure, can be a pet, can, doesn't, doesn't have to be uh, uh, a mentor or teacher. Traditionally, that was the understanding. A mentor, teacher, elderly relative, and so forth. Maybe just one or two more things to say, and then we'll practice for a period of time. The, um, again, those techniques can be useful 
of having the hand on the heart, sometimes the attention in the area of the heart. It, that helps with a, a certain grounding and embodiment of the practice. Just kind of lightly keep some uh, attention there. Uh, again, the, the visualizing of the person or having the felt sense of the person can be useful. These are all optional techniques that can sometimes give more energy and life to the practice. And then letting there be kind of a pause could be just for two or three seconds after each phrase gives some time for for something to arise. And it's, um, it's important to know that this practice of metta is really about inclining ourselves towards wishing well, towards blessing, towards kindness, we might say. And the phrases carry that intention. This is really a practice of intention and inclination. We are through the phrases inclining our being towards warmth or kindness. And we can't control what happens after we say the phrase. That's important, that these are really, we're intending this warmth and kindness through our phrases, but once we say the phrase, we let it go and we see what happens. And sometimes we may feel nothing, sometimes we may feel some warmth, sometimes we may feel the opposite. We can say a phrase about our benefactor and we say, may, may you be truly happy, and maybe this person is quite happy, and say, how come you're happier than me? Hmm, how'd you get it? So good. Yeah, yeah I don't know about this metta. It's just making me grumpy. <laughs> so that's normal. Okay. <laughs> Something like that is normal too. We, again, this is what we sometimes you know, group under the phrase purification practice. You know, that, that it can be like that. And so that's just, that's just normal. And we... Uh, we just keep on repeating. Again, there's a line I like from a T.S. Eliot poem where he says, ours is in the trying, the rest is not our business. So we say the phrases that carry the intention or the inclination, then we let it be what it is. And we just keep coming back. And again, sometimes I find, I find it helpful to say that this is an intention practice and not a production practice. In other words, we're intending, we're inclining towards metta, but we're not demanding, Donald, now produce loving kindness. Okay. Not like that. It's really more the intention. So that brings a little more lightness to it, in a way. Maybe last thing to say is that, um, this related to discussion of the posture, that the, um, this is, for many people, a nice retreat because uh, it's important when doing metta to be fairly comfortable. So it's not one of these retreats where we say, yes, just really hang out with pain in the body and explore your relationship to pain. <laughs> you have to come to another retreat. Some of you, have, most of you have done that. But it actually can be really important and crucial to see how we relate to unpleasant sensations it's, you know, when we know that it's not causing a problem or harm. But here we actually need to be mostly somewhat comfortable when we do metta. Uh, partly because it's a concentration practice and if, if, the, 
sensations take our attention away, we're not doing the metta right there. So what that means concretely is that um, it's possible during the practice, if we're feeling uncomfortable, certainly to shift. Uh, We can also, in the middle of the sitting, stand up, stay standing up for five minutes, let the body adjust, keep the practice going, then sit down. That's fine. We could uh, alternate if we wished. Uh, We could sit in a chair one session and sit cross-legged another session. That's fine. Okay, so we give, we give room for moving the body, we give room for standing up, and so forth. Okay. So we'll invite the practice now for a period of time. And again, for some of us, we may still, it still may be helpful to uh, start with a little bit of mindfulness, but we may feel ready just to go right into the metta for more or less the whole session. 